You are listening to episode 201 of This is Type 1. Today, I'm talking with Josh Pittman, the CEO of Pip Diabetes Care, a diabetes product company best known for their painless lancets. Welcome to the show, Josh. Thanks, Colleen. Thanks for having me. Go ahead and tell us a little bit more about who you are and how you got into the diabetes business. Okay, so I've been in the diabetes business for about 15 years. My, one of my first jobs out of college was working for a mail-order diabetic supply company. We were kind of like Liberty Medical or some of those companies running late-night TV ads on sci-fi commercials, targeting people on Medicare and people with, usually people with type 2. So that was kind of my first exposure to the field albeit I was an accountant there. And so I didn't really do a lot with the products per se, other than ordering them and paying for them and stuff like that. But, and then fast forward to, uh, after about three years there, decided to start my own business. And that's when I started Medicor, which is a another hospital supply company. So we sell needles and syringes and blood collection products and things like that, lancets included to hospitals. So that that kind of segued into, into PIP, but I'll save that for the next question, I think. Okay. Yeah. So what is PIP? And like, first of all, I want to know how you named it and what made you decide to focus on diabetes supplies in particular? So starting out in with Medicore, we had a handful of handful of customers. I bought a business and was trying to figure this thing out and had a handful of customers that were that needed a new supplier of safety lancets, a single-use retractable lancet that's used primarily in clinical settings. And so we, we started trying to develop one, worked with a few factories internationally and, and came up with a product and began selling this product under the name Ready Lance to hospitals all over the country. And today we still do that. We sell about 2,500 hospitals nationwide. But at some point along the way, we started noticing that many of our patients in the hospital would contact us directly and give us great feedback on the product. They'd say, you know, this thing is painless. I can barely feel it. This is so much better than what I buy at the pharmacy and, you know, things like that. And so we started to to pick up on some of those cues and think, well, maybe maybe we were onto something here, you know. And at the time, my uh, well, my mom still has type two, and she had type two at the time, and I, I showed her some of our products, and and she loved them. And so that's when it kind of became clear that even though safety lancets have been used in hospitals and clinics and things like that for decades generally not what's prescribed to people that are checking their blood sugar on a, on a regular basis. They typically, you know, you get one of these guys, one of these guys that hasn't, hasn't changed in about 50 years that the old Lancet. Yeah. Um, and there are some type one diabetics who have not changed the Lancet in their poker for 50 years. <laughs> yes. Yes. And you're probably reminded of that every time you poke your finger. <laughs> yep. And so then we decided to, um, intentionally promote the product to people with diabetes and but we realized that we needed a, a different name a different brand and all those sorts of things and how did we name pip i'll tell you how we named pip we'd gotten rejected on about three or four other names from a trademark standpoint <laughs> and i was laying in bed one night and uh i was reading an article online that said how about uh 
try your try your family members' names. And my daughter's nickname is Pip. And so I said, Pip, that might work. So we went with it. And here we are. Oh, that's funny. I thought when you started that whole whole story that it was going to go in a different direction. Like the medical supply companies were getting these lancets that were really painful, like all the ones that I grew up at diabetes camp with, the ones that like really hurt your fingers. Oh, yeah. That you were going to be getting these calls from the people saying these suck, make something else. But no, you guys have been making the painless ones for a while. This was about version three for us. We had our we struck out a few times before that. But but once we figured out how to engineer the product and really kind of the, the main cause of what creates the pain from a needle, which is vibration is what we stumbled upon is, yeah, I mean, the size of the needle, the sharpness of the needle, the depth of the needle, all those things come into play. But the most important factor is the vibration in the needle. And so when you use cheap, rickety lancing devices like this, they're not really engineered to precision. You know, some are better than others, don't get me wrong, but all in all, they're designed to make a needle go in your finger and they give total disregard to any anything that might cause. <laughs> okay. I mean, painless lancets are probably a huge hit with your customers. Yeah, they, I mean, they, they love it. It's kind of our, our number one piece of feedback that we get from customers, but also they're simple to use. I mean, let me back up. I mean, the simplest thing to do to just never change your lancet and, and poke your finger <laughs> with the same needle every time. It, and deal you know, with all but, the calluses that you get from it, like me. Right, right, right. So you get you get some calluses and you know it hurts and all that kind of stuff. But most of our customers, they prefer to have a clean needle every time, but they don't want to have the hassle of changing the needle every time and having to dispose of the needle in a sharps container and things like that. And so it's it's all in one. And yeah, so it's, it's quicker it's easier you get a clean needle every time and and of course it's painless which people love i'm guessing that the pip lancets are available through insurance or do they have to go through your website they are available through insurance most of our sales are through the website currently but you just have to request them from your health insurance provider or from the or from the pharmacy but yeah they they can all they can all get them and in some cases they are not covered at all, but they're cheaper than a copay of what is covered. And in yeah. other cases, they're fully covered. And in some cases, they're partially covered. So in terms of coverage, of course, it varies by health insurance. But uh, we're really trying to make a push this year in making them more widely available through retail channels. Ooh. So we're hoping to to land a, a big deal here soon with, with some major retailers to have them more available nationwide. That'd be really cool. Be nice to just be able to order them off Amazon or walk into a Walgreens and be like, hey, I want that and not the ones that tear up your fingers. Right. Yeah. And and you can order them off Amazon. You can get them from Amazon or our website. Okay. Well then. Yeah. After this, I'm going to Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) What would you say are the greatest issues facing diabetics? I don't personally have diabetes. So I I like to use that as a as a qualifier. But my mother does. And I remember she was diagnosed at a well, she had pre-diabetes for a number of years before she was finally diagnosed with diabetes. But I think it's just the the overwhelming amount of complexity around 
the disease and what the numbers mean and how to impact the numbers and when to test and what to use and when to trust the CGM and when not to. And, you know, it's just, it's just a lot to think about. And that was, that's kind of part of why we exist is we speak to educators out in the field, diabetic educators who are training newly diagnosed people with diabetes. And a couple of, someone recently mentioned to me that they spend about 15 to 20 minutes of every meeting trying to train a newly diagnosed diabetic how to use a Lansing device, load it, unload it, all those sorts of things. And so I'm sure it maybe it happens more with, with an older, older demographic or people that have poor eyesight or poor dexterity or things like that. But with PIP, we hope that we can just take that element of the process and just make it a lot easier. You know, it takes about a, again, if you don't change your needle, it's like a one-step process to poke your finger. <laughs> but if you if you change your needle, it's more of a nine or 10-step process to load and unload and dispose of the needle and all these sorts of things. But with PIP, it's like a two-step process, you know, just twist and twist and poke. So does PIP have any other products in the works or that you currently offer that also help people simplify diabetes? We do. So we have a we have a glucose meter. We have insulin pin needles as well. Pin needles are much less expensive than what you're going to get through insurance. And then we've got some other products. We've got this product called the Travel Safe, which is a simple way to dispose of your pin needles. You just open the top and I don't have a pin on my person to show you, but when you have the the needle attached to your pen, there's a little grabber inside the device that allows you to to twist off the the needle much easier. And this was something that my mother inspired me to invent because she was carrying around large plastic jugs with her in her suitcase as she was traveling various places and disposing of her needles in the large plastic jugs. And we developed this little little guy, the travel safe, and it'll fit in your pocket. It'll fit in your purse. It'll fit anywhere you want it. Can we get a picture of that travel safe to include in the show notes so people can see what you're talking about? Yes, absolutely. Awesome. So, I mean, besides your mother, where do you get other ideas for, for products? From our customers, as well as just what we see out in the industry in terms of how things are progressing, I believe that... Uh, the movement towards CGMs is, is is really interesting. And so we've got a, a CGM that we're developing in the works. It's still pretty early stage, but I think that before we know it, they'll be mainstream and there will be more than two manufacturers and they'll be much more cost effective. And and we we hope that we're in a position to to offer a product like that to our customers as well. So you're trying to be like a little bit of a competitor against Dexcom and, and Freestyle? Yes. <laughs> That is cool. <laughs> I mean, I'm a Dexcom wearer. I have one on my arm. But any new CGM tech that we can get in the industry to just advance the technology overall, it's a huge game right. changer. Right, right. I mean, I still have a little bit of saltiness against Medtronic for not integrating with Dexcom. Because <laughs> they have their own harpoon. The old one was called the harpoon. The new one, I guess, is not as bad. Uh, right. It's called the harpoon. I didn't even know that. Yeah, the the very first Medtronic sensor was like it was nicknamed the harpoon by the people who used it because it hurt so much on insertion. Oh goodness and gracious! 
when I was in the process of trying to decide if I wanted to upgrade to Medtronic's sensor, one of my best friends who at the time had been on the Harpoon, she's like, don't do Medtronic, just do Dexcom. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I, I skipped completely over, over uh, Medtronic's sensor and I went straight to Dexcom. Yeah. They're uh, remarkable devices, you know, and the, the technology that they're putting in those devices is is incredible and has has advanced things a long way from where they where they used to be. But on the other hand, not everyone qualifies and they're still pretty expensive. And and from time to time, they may go bad, they may fall off, they may need to be calibrated. And so I do believe that there will continue to be a place for finger sticks, but especially in the type two population, it's something that we are we definitely have our eyes on for the future. I can confirm that sensors will fail. I had to pull my last Dexcom off, Dexcom off four days early because it, it kept giving me bad bad readings. And so they're replacing it, but I had to change sensors early and I didn't want to. Right. So, that, so that's what you do. You just change early and... Mm-hmm. Change early, hope they replace it. And if they don't, then I have enough of a backlog that it doesn't impact me as much as it would impact other people. But again, like you said, they are expensive. So we want to get right. as much life out of them as we can. Right. So pro tip, if you do end up making your own sensors, make sure they're uh, restartable. Because <laughs> Dexcom, you can't restart them. <laughs> restartable. Okay. I'm going to make a note. <laughs> do you have a book recommendation for our listeners? So I do read a fair amount of books. They tend to be more business-focused, but... The one that sticks out to me the most that I've read over the past several years is one called Endurance. Have you ever heard of it? I have not, but I it's also like book. business books. Well, what what tipped the scale for me is someone said it was Steve Jobs' most number one recommended book of all time. Hmm. And so I thought, huh, if Steve Jobs is reading it, then you know it's probably probably decent at least. So it's about Shackleton's adventure in nineteen early nineteen hundreds, where he tried to take a ship from England with a crew of 27 men to Antarctica in hopes that he could traverse Antarctica on foot. Oh. And it did not go well. Did they all die? uh, They didn't all die. That's the remarkable part. And so it's really interesting. I I highly recommend it. It's just to, to have the courage to take a boat into the middle of the ocean into Antarctica with no way of communication in the early 1900s. It's just, uh, it's remarkable to me that someone had the courage to do such a thing. And it kind of puts in perspective risks and challenges that we face in our everyday life. And what some people just do by choice, you know, for the betterment of society, I guess. It definitely was a different time back then. I mean, nowadays you will not see an ad in the newspaper advertising adventure and possible death. Right. <laughs> like yes. That would not make it past any ethics on the, that newspaper. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he definitely. Uh, he definitely had some some risks involved with that adventure. A little bit. <laughs> okay, that's a great recommendation. We will link to it in the show notes, and I'll add it to my ever growing list of to be read. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is there anything that you wanted to talk about that we have not already covered? Not that I can think of, Colleen. All right. Then that's it was great talking with you. And we'd love to have people connect with Pip. 
So please let us know where people can connect with you and with PIP Diabetes. Yeah, sure thing. You can find us on our website at hellopip.com. And you can also follow us on Instagram at PIP Diabetes. Sign up for our newsletter. You'll get all sorts of discounts and things like that. All right. We will link to all of that in the show notes. Josh, thank you for joining me today on the podcast. Awesome. Thanks so much, Colleen. Remember, you control your diabetes. It doesn't control you. Hey, if you like what you're listening to on this podcast, you have to join us in the Half Dead Pancreas Club. It's my private community where you'll connect face-to-face with other people with type 1 diabetes, get personalized emotional support, and learn how to handle anything T1D throws at you. Join us over at inspiredforward.com community. I can't wait to see you there.